Hi, I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Welcome to From the Heart. Central Florida is widely known for its tourist spots and attractions, but many people still don't know about its thriving arts community. So on this show, we are excited to introduce to you talented and passionate artists. They all shape our arts community, but how do they create and why? And how can Central Florida benefit from an even greater arts presence? So on this show, we introduce you to guests who are influential leaders and artists who are truly making a difference from the heart with a capital A-R-T. Well, hi, everyone. So glad to be here. Joshua is not here. He's at Chorus America Conference. It's in Philadelphia. So he's representing our chorus there as all the chorus directors come and figure out what's new and good in the world of choirs and how they can be of support to each other and their communities. Meanwhile, that's what we do here on this show. So I'm very excited that we're here today as we are going to be talking about, in particular, organs. And these particular organs are ones that, um, well... Our guests know a lot about, a lot more than I do. <laughs> so let's just get right to it. All right, so today we have Tim Haynes, Director of Music and Fine Arts at Music at Resurrection. Hi, Tim. Good afternoon. Did I get your title correct? You did. Oh, I'm so glad I did. All right, so let me go on and introduce the other two. Director of Music, Dr. Bill Pitcher. Uh, and direct you, uh, um, Dr. Bill Pitcher, you are Director of Music where? At the Basilica of the National Shrine of Mary, Queen Queen of of the the Universe. universe. Longest name ever. That's okay. (laughs) When you're named Mary, we get used to that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally kidding. I think I'm going to hell now. Okay, and last but not least, we have Adam Brakel. Adam, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. We'll start and we'll have each of you tell us about your background and what what brought you to an organ. Sure. Um, I am the director of music for the Catholic Cathedral here in Orlando, St. James Cathedral, as well as the director of music for the Diocese of Orlando. And I am fairly new to the area of Orlando. I've only been here about a year and seven or eight months now. And so it's been a great, great time and meeting some wonderful people throughout the area, such as Tim and Bill and, and a lot of wonderful talent. And so... Um, but yeah, I, I think it's wonderful that you're highlighting the, the organ and really focusing on uh, the, the wonderful things that it can do. I started um, at music at four and, and uh, was a pianist and then really got interested in the organ in my teen years when I realized that it can do truly everything. As Mozart said, the organ is the king of instruments and it truly is. And unfortunately, I think people have such a misconception of what it can actually do because they grow up in most instances, unfortunately, and hear it played poorly. And so they don't have the opportunity to hear Bach and Liszt and, and Vidor and, and Rachmaninoff and whatnot played on instruments that really highlight the music and the capabilities of what the organ can do to be exposed to the world. And I, I like a variety of different things, like Bill, uh, really very much enjoy, um, of course, classical music, but also the ragtime and jazz elements that the organ can do, because it can really do uh, ragtime and theater and that type of thing. I'm not as much on the theater end as Bill, but I do um, a lot of Joplin transcriptions and James P. Johnson and, and a lot of um, ragtime and stride piano pieces uh, that I transcribe for the organ and really like to showcase the diversity of the instrument. Well, and thank so, you, Adam. We're going to yeah. get, get back more to you yeah. about some of the things you just said sure. and go a little further in depth with that. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned Dr. Bill. So, Bill, 
Uh, I'm going to call you Dr. Bill because I love giving you props. <laughs> you call, call me whatever you want, Mary. <laughs> Tell us a little bit of your background and what brought you to organs. Okay, I'm from Portland, Maine, and my dad was an organist in roller skating rinks and a trumpet player in jazz bands. So I came about it kind of naturally, and uh, I, I was always interested in classical organ music in high school, but it was a hobby when I went to college. Um, I was a trumpet player. All my degrees are in trumpet performance. Wow. But uh, organ was always a hobby, and I kept doing the hobby. And my dad kept saying, you know, keep playing organ because someday you might make a buck with it. Isn't that something? So, uh, he was, and uh, I love that he played at roller rinks. I used to go to a roller rink and loved the organist. That was one of my favorite yeah, parts. Yeah. And was that a big influence for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, because. Did you the, ever get to play there? I did. Well, a couple, I was young, but I played a couple times. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember I was so scared that my right foot on the swell pedal was actually shaking, and I was worried that the volume might be going up and down, but it, it wasn't. It was, it was wonderful. Well, that's really funny. I love that. And I'm like, now reverse. Okay, yeah, that that's right. Couples only. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you remember. All right, and Tim. Tim, hello. Tell Hi. us a little bit about your background. What brought you to organ uh, playing? Uh, I'm a pianist by uh, all of my degrees are in, in piano and in musical theater, and the need for for an organist, I kept filling in and subbing, and eventually, I now I make my living uh, doing that. Um, is this a, a dream come true I, profession for you? It, it is. It's a wonder. I mean, to get paid to do what you love to do is yeah. a wonderful, wonderful thing. It's such thing. an obscure, unique talent for all of you to have, right? Very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Uh, my hat's a little different. Uh, we're all a part of a, an organization called the American Guild of Organist, and I'm the dean of the the chapter here, which is about a hundred. Uh, in this chapter alone. In this chapter alone, and which how is how many organists in the entire? Uh, there are twenty thousand members in the entire organization. Wow. So, but that and that's across the entire United States and and a couple of smaller countries. Would you say that most organists play in churches and cathedrals? Are there other places and roller rinks? <laughs> Do they still have organists at roller rinks? No, unfortunately, that is a, a, a an art that has faded away. I think there's a couple of rinks here and there that will have a special night where they'll bring somebody in. But um, oh, maybe they will after this show. If you <laughs> if you have a roller rink that doesn't have a live <laughs> organist, get in touch with us. <laughs> um, okay, so but yeah, at least that was the job that between that and churches. Uh, so, what is one of the largest organ organist celebrations that happens? Like, is there a time of the year when organists all get together and have a certain convention or? Playoff or? I, yes, in fact, we just, um, every other year they do a national convention where all of the organists come across from the entire United States. Uh, next year, that'll be in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, on off years from that, they do what are called regional conventions where five or six states will, will gather and host a convention. Mm-hmm. And there are concerts and workshops and um, networking and master classes. And that recently happened in Myrtle Beach, oh, nice. South Carolina. So when... The when it happened at Myrtle Beach, were you all there by any chance? Uh, I was not. No, no. I wonder, do they ever introduce a new type of organ? We've seen electric guitars now, and they're they don't they're more almost digital than they are. How has the organ evolved over the years? Well, a lot of times with with new organ installations, such as what's going on at at the shrine here, um. They're always advancing, and I think utilizing a lot more digital components. I mean, at the cathedral in the past year, I just had about $100,000 worth of digital work added to the organ to really enhance the sound and reproduce the sound of pipes via, unfortunately, speakers, but just based off of space 
and cost, um, if I would have had the work done in pipe form, it would have cost easily four or five hundred thousand dollars. So, but to think of a pipe organ, every pipe and every key is handmade, mm-hmm. and particularly pipes. So organs have thousands and thousands of pipes, and so each one is voiced hand handpicked the size of a pencil all the way up to 64 feet. And so um, that gives the whole diverse array of sounds. It must be an honor to play such an extravagant mu- instrument. Yeah, it, it, it really is a joy, particularly um, more so I find in uh, when you travel to Europe and, and some of these great cathedrals um, around the world and, and actually hear the sound in these eight, ten-second acoustical spaces that just are meant for the for the organ. And so it's wonderful. I mean, St. James Cathedral here in Orlando, we're lucky to have a, a really great um, acoustic that that allows for uh, the organ to really, I think, fill a space and, and various other churches in the area too. But it's the joy, I think, of the organ is it's so different than the piano. I always tell people that the organ is much more of a... Um, wind instrument than it is a uh, like a piano which a piano is a percussion instrument people mm-hmm. think piano and organ are so similar but they're actually very different mm-hmm. it just it just happens that they both have keys mm-hmm. but the organ is in the wind family wind, whereas yeah. pan, the piano is percussion and so um but yeah it's that's the fun of it they're so they're also different mm-hmm. um well for tim and david also how did you both fall in love with uh this instrument well, I mean, we had an organ in the house. Um, even though my dad played primarily pop music, I got very interested in classical organs because there was a municipal organ in Portland called the Kochmar Memorial Organ, Big Austin. And I would go to those concerts, and then I would go to the public library and take out records of organists. And they had organ music in the public library, amazingly. Mm-hmm. And I would take it out and try to teach myself at home how to play it. So that was it was just a hobby. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And Tim? Um, my First church position uh, had a huge Skinner organ in it and, uh, and a wonderful organist. And then one day Janet was sick and there was no one to play that. So it became part of my responsibility to jump in. Uh, and I just remember being overwhelmed at all the possibilities. It, it, it's kind of like conducting an orchestra where you have all these different sounds that can come out, and it's the mixture of sounds and the the creation of getting just the right balance for what you want the the congregation or audience to hear. Wow, it, it's impressive. It's amazing. It's almost like you're at a, a well, it is a keyboard, but I mean, a, like on an airplane or something, because there's levels, and I see reaching, and then I see switches being turned. It, Tim Tim made a good point in that he referenced the orchestra, and and I've always seen. The organ, the pipe organ, is like almost an extension of the orchestra. When you're playing it, you're orchestrating as you mm-hmm, go along mm-hmm. because you have so many different colors. And the feeling that you have playing a big work on a beautiful pipe organ is very much like oh. the feeling if you're standing in front of an orchestra and conducting because that music, mm. that passion is at your command. And it's powerful music. It's sounds, powerful yeah. and thrilling, and there's nothing quite like it. Mm-hmm. And, and that regi- the registration, which is you know the selection of all the sounds that you want, um, the three of us could play the same piece of music and play all of the correct notes at the same tempo and use different registrations and make it almost sound like you're hearing three different three different pieces of music. I think I saw something a long time ago on one of those YouTubes about a group of organists, like 
all together playing something major. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe I'll look it up when we're on a break, but it was pretty phenomenal. But when we come back after this break, I want to ask each of you to tell me why organ. What does organ do that any other instrument doesn't do? And I'm not just talking about in sound, but what effect does it have on a body, or especially since it's often used when we're in a state of gratitude or grace in, in a church or a cathedral, right? So why an organ? So think about that. And ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Magic 107.7 FM. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and we're coming to you from the heart. Hello and welcome back to From the Heart. I am Mary Thompson Hunt. Today I'm here sans Joshua Vickery, who will be back next week, but he'll be back with more stories of what his adventures have been uh, through the arts. But I'm very happy to be sitting here with Tim Haynes, Director of Music and Fine Arts at Music at Resurrection, Dr. Bill Pitcher, and also Adam Brakel. Uh, thank you for all three of you being here representing three institutions that uh, probably do the most with organs in our Central Florida area, would you say? Yeah? Probably. Of course you would. You should. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I started to ask you, and I said, no, wait, tell us, tell us uh, when we're on the air. Why organ? What does organ do to a congregation, to a group of people, to an artist playing who could be playing a piano that is different than any other instrument? Who would like to take that first? Yes. There's something about the sound of an organ that elevates you, and it's very much the same as beautiful architecture in a church. I'm thinking particularly of Adam's church, uh, St. James Cathedral. There's something breathtaking about the artwork and your eyes lift up and the music will do the same thing. The sound of the organ envelops you. It doesn't necessarily come, feel like it's coming from one place. It grabs you and lifts you to a higher place. Mm, that, be, that was really well said. Thank you. All right. Well, I practiced at home. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what I was going to ask. All right. Tim Haynes, what would you say? I, the organ is associated with our happiest and saddest moments in our life, be it a baptism, birth, um, a wedding, confirmation, and then as well, wedding, and, and then a funeral. So you, you've got people at, at tender moments. Mm. Um, then you add to it beautiful music. The organ can do something a little bit differently uh, the organ has the ability for you to actually feel that motion where where the some of the pipes are so large that in addition to hearing the sound, I mean, you, you can feel it in your body, the reverberation. Uh, it, it can be extremely powerful Yeah. in addition to the beauty. You're so right. I hadn't really thought about that. There's a depth to each note, that there's more behind it. There's a power to it. Um, and you're right. It, it's It's soothing. I never thought about it that way. Yeah, it's a beautiful instrument. Should have thought about that back in the day. Hmm. I, I, I play flute. Okay. <laughs> never too late. <laughs> never too late. Well, Adam. a pipe organ has a bunch of flutes. Exactly. It's like a whole room this of flutes. This is true. This is true. You're right. Adam, what do you say? Why, why an organ? I think with the 
diversity of sound and the flexibility that it allows for different color. And again, I only think it enhances everything. I mean, as I said earlier, I mean, Mozart called it the king of instruments because it truly is. You can play any style of music, I think, successfully on the organ and really enhance, um, enhance, uh, you know, everything with it because you really have an orchestra mm. and and we have more repertoire for the organ than any other instrument as well. I mean, we have more repertoire than, than any, any other instrument. Than any other instrument. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And so I never knew that. Yep. And and so we have just you know centuries of, of repertoire from Renaissance to uh, Baroque to this to that. And so to unravel a Bach fugue on the organ um, with the right instrument, really, uh, you can truly hear the genius of 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 those creations. And so. It can just do, it really can do everything. I really like what Tim said about um, it's there with you in your most joyful and saddest moments from weddings to funerals. Mm -hmm. But also, I like to separate it as well from the church because um, most people hear it performed as a concert instrument in churches, um, but really as a concert instrument in a recital hall or anything, it really is the most uh, thrilling because it can play uh, company orchestra as well as play solo repertoire beautifully. And Are there so, any contemporary uh, musicians out there that use organ in some of their work that you're familiar with? Yeah, I mean... I, Didn't I Prince use some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But mm -hmm. unfortunately, most of it's just synthesized digital sound and mm -hmm. not actually utilizing um, a pipe organ. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know, I believe Celine Dion did a recording or two in, uh, in New York City utilizing one of the cathedral's organs... St. Thomas. Um, and so, uh, you know, it, it's rarely done, but when it's done, I mean, you can definitely tell the difference. You can tell the difference. Yeah. So uh, back, for children. Back in the 70s, I'm showing my age here, there's, uh, some of the rock, the progressive rock groups like Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, Keith yeah. Emerson, and a group called Yes yeah. with Rick Wakeman. Mm -hmm. And uh, they, they would slip pipe organ stuff into the albums. How neat to do that. Yeah. For the children today that might want to pick up organ, how difficult is that in the schools? I know, would they start them out on piano and then, and where would they go for organ lessons? Most most young people start on piano uh, because the, the basic keyboard technique is the thing you have to get down sure. first. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, there's no, I say this, <laughs> but I started on organ. But if I were to, in, you know, inform anybody, I would suggest starting on piano to get the the, uh, There's so many keys on organs because I noticed they're like on level. Five. Right, but it's all laid out yeah. logically. I mean, uh -huh. it's intimidating like an airplane. Like an airplane, pop, yeah, but yeah. Yeah, uh, but once you, it's very logically set out and, you know, I'm sure Adam can, can speak to this. Whenever you sit down on a new organ that you haven't played before, the first thing you do, it's like a car. If you get in a car you haven't driven, you look around, you figure sure. out where everything is okay. and you test and experiment, uh -huh. then you're good to go. Are they as easy to keep in tune as a piano, let's say, or is th is there more involved? It all depends what the temperature yeah. of the church yeah. is. Seriously, the temperature? Oh, yeah. That makes mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Up north, where I'm from in Maine, sometimes they would turn the, the heat off uh, during the week when the church wasn't being used in oh, the winter. Oh, wow. And uh, some of the pipes would go way out of tune. And uh, then when the heat turned back on, you never knew. Yeah. So how long of a job is that after a whole winter to tune an organ? Two, well, most big pipe organs, you tune them twice a year. Do you tune yes. twice? Yeah. yeah. And it's, you tune each pipe individually. Mm -hmm. It takes, you know, a couple a day. days wow. and a couple, couple people wow. to do it. Yeah. Wow. Because there's someone sitting at the keyboard pressing the yeah. key and then someone up in the pipes adjusting. Well, shout out to all of you who have a job tuning 
pipe organs. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, if you have an organ at home, please hire one today. <laughs> I just feel like I want to say that for them. My goodness. So what do you think the future of organ playing might look like for... Are there more uses for it these days with different recording artists venturing out or um, is well, it becoming we, more obsolete? The pipe organ has been around for centuries, you know, and it's not going to disappear overnight. I mean, things change. Things mm-hmm. come and go. Styles come and go. But tradition is tradition. Tradition is tradition, and it's it's not like anything else, and so it's not likely to just disappear. Mm-hmm. Um, there probably aren't as many young organists coming up as there were uh, you know, years ago, but I mean, that may change too. It's ebb and flux. Who are some of the most famous organists or people that you've read lives of that have inspired you? There are a variety of, of, um, of different, of different people and, and different, um, who different inspired artists. each of you? Just curious. I, when I was in high school, I was crazy about Virgil Fox. I was going to uh, say Virgil was, Fox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and e, one, e Power Biggs. Yeah. So, I, so someone tell our listener about Virgil Fox. <laughs> Listeners. Go ahead, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> he was a unique. He was a virtuoso organist that studied in France. He was a consummate player, had, had wonderful technique, but he was a showman. That was the thing about and where Virgil. where was he from? Uh, Illinois. Illinois. I think pr- like Princeton or something, oh, Illinois. Nice. And, but he, toward, toward the end of his career, he wanted to reach the young people, so he had an electronic organ made, special, and he would go to rock pl- palaces like the Fillmore and do play Bach, you know, straight Bach with a light show. Oh, right? wow. And the young people would go crazy yeah. for it. Cool. You know? Did he have other musicians with him? No. On that tour? Just him. Just him with an wow. a, a, a electronic organ that imitated a pipe organ and a light show. Did you ever see him live? I did. Wow. I got to meet him. It was a thrill. How about both of you? Did you ever get to see him? No, unfortunately... I'm, <laughs> I'm a little, little younger, so I didn't, I wasn't able to. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. Even, <laughs> I, I wondered how he was going to answer that tactfully. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to, believe me. I mean, and some of my teachers and, and friends um, have, have uh, you know, the, some great honors is to have been compared, compared to him in, in some ways, and so that's really, really great for me, but somebody who grew up admiring him uh, as well. And, and a lot of the things he did, I mean, some things... You know, we all pick and choose, but um, you know, I was inspired by um, one of my teachers, uh, she, Dame Gillian Weir, um, from the from originally from New Zealand. So she inspired me at an at an early early age, and was lucky to study with her um, as well for one of my degrees. And so, uh, you know, it's there's a lot of variety of different styles, and so um, I think I think really though the best organists. Actually, listen not to organ music, but listen to uh, orchestras, listen to great pianists, listen to jazz players, listen to everything because the organ can do it all. You, for an instrument that wants to imitate um, sounds, you need to listen to know how those actual sounds are created. That makes sense. Yeah. So, if you want it to have the suit, the flute, or the oboe, yeah, yeah. the violin, whatever. Absolutely. Most of us learn, I, I speak for myself, I learn more about organ registration from listening to orchestras mm-hmm. and yes. other instrumentals. Does that perform. include some percussion instruments? Absolutely. Yep, organs have percussion. We'll have a percussion division on the new organ that we're building at the Shrine. So tell us about the new organ that you're building at the Shrine. It will be, uh, it's being built by Schoenstein and Company, which is from San Francisco. They build a, a, what they call a symphonic kind of organ. It'll play any kind of repertoire all the way from Baroque to almost theater organ. And have they been in business for years and years? This particular? Yes, it has. It's run by a gentleman now named Jack Bathards, who's a genius for inventing and, and voicing organs. It will have over 5,000 pipes. Uh, the keyboard will have four, uh, the console will have four keyboards, 87 ranks, for those of you who are into pipe organs. So 
is this custom made now oh, for absolutely. you and your space? Absolutely. They come Ev- in and measure and yes. see. Yes, every pipe organ is custom made for the space that it's going to be in and voiced. Every single pipe is voiced to resonate correctly in the space that it's built in. And did your particular space have specifications that they needed to make adjustments on there? Well, we were lucky in that when the shrine was built, the uh, visionary uh, founding rector, uh, Monsignor Joseph Hart, uh, had in mind a major pipe organ being put in there, so they left space for it. Uh, okay. Sometimes churches are built without space for a pipe organ, and that's you know when you have to compromise. So it's being built. It's being built. Uh, if you want to come by next Monday, uh, I'm sorry, next Tuesday morning, uh, there'll be another semi showing up with uh, a whole bunch of pipes. You can carry oh them off goodness. the truck if you want. Oh my <laughs> goodness, you must be so excited! It's almost going to be there. Uh, I, it, it's yeah. almost happening. Well, a lot of it already is in there. Um, you know, some it's not playable yet, right. but you can see much of it going up. This must be a very exciting time for you. It is. Are you all going to be there at the debut? Oh, of course. I, <laughs> yeah. I might even come. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. All right. So we have two minutes. So um, did and, I? And in fact, if you yes. go to our website, okay. um, org, you can see pictures of, of all of the pipes, some laying on the floor, so just as they are arriving. Uh-huh. It's beautiful. That's going to be a beautiful opening, right? You're going to be so proud of this. Wow. I'll have to write down that information. No kidding. We'll get it to you. Yes. So we have one segment coming up at the end. And I think one of the things I want to make sure that we can do is for anyone listening out there who ever thought of playing an organ or has a child that has expressed interest, uh, what we can tell them in order to encourage their child not to give up. Just because it's easy if you want to play flute or guitar, right? They're around. They're small. You can carry them. Organ's a little different. So maybe a little advice to those parents. All right, listeners, I'm very excited today that we're here with Adam Brakel and Dr. Bill Pitcher and Tim Haynes, and we will be right back on From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt, and next week, Joshua Vickery will be right back, but we'll be back in a moment. Welcome back to From the Heart. I'm Mary Thompson Hunt and very excited today that on this show we are talking all about organs. I have never spent this much time in my life talking about organs, (laughs) but I've never more enjoyed learning about them uh, and what an interesting history they have. So with us today we have Adam Brakel, we have Dr. Bill Pitcher, and we have Tim Haynes. Thank you for the three of you being here uh, for sharing what you do, your passion for organs and uh, where we can come and hear them when and I guess how to get them tuned if we should ever need one. You never know, right? <laughs> so we were talking a, a little while ago about um, why organs, why, what does it do that no other instrument does? And what else about organs that you think our listeners might want to know? History. <laughs> history. <laughs> the history, well, gosh, I mean, it started with just a little flute, you know, a little flute that somebody made, and then somebody figured out if you put it in a, 
in a chest that supplies wind, then that will make the flute sound. And then it just grew and grew to a larger chest. So flutes of different sizes. Flutes of different sizes. The longer the, the flute, the, the lower the pitch. And then somebody figured if you filled it with air with bellows mm-hmm. and then made several, really a pipe organ is several organs built into one controlled and larger, by a console. Because I notice when I look at La- uh, organs, like they have the pipes that are large all the way down to right. very small. That's right. And the fact that it's been around for centuries is why there's so much repertoire, as Adam said, uh, more than any other instrument. These days in our time that we have instruments that can mirror the sound, I mean, even on an iPhone, you could probably pull up tunes that it plays and have it make an organ sound. Do you ever fear that there might not be a place for the original organ again? Um, There are already companies successfully making digital organs, which are much less expensive than a pipe organ. Uh, and some of them sound remarkably good. Mm-hmm. Uh, Do you think that that might one day take the place of? I don't think so. I mean, it's it's like uh, you know when when television came out, everyone thought that movies were going to die, mm-hmm. and they didn't die. It just adapted, and uh, and you know things go on. Same mm-hmm. with with records and radio. I mean, people get scared that it's going to take over, but mm-hmm. there's always a place. We just adapt. And I think too, with persons such as yourselves are here who are accomplished, who put hours into it because of what's to be gained from it like no other instrument or no other way of listening to it. There are so many of you that I think it can only carry. Is that what you would assess? I'm, I'm sure that there are churches who, who you know, compromise and they, they try to save money. Um, but I'm of that adage, you get what you pay for. Mm. And so and part of our job is to, to make sure that we, we promote and, and show people why, why this is important. Um, the in theater, the whole purpose of theater is tell your story, mm-hmm. and I think that's what we do through through our music is, is tell our story. And our story is that we want the people to experience great music. Mm-hmm. You mentioned theater. Have you ever seen a theatrical production, Broadway or off Broadway, uh, where an organ was featured that made you proud? Opera for sure. Faust has a big organ mm-hmm. part. You know the church scene mm-hmm. in Faust, and mm-hmm. there are others. Phantom of the Opera. Phantom of I the Opera. I saw that. I was, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in all of the silent movies, I mean, there mm-hmm. was an organ, you know, typically in that house mm-hmm. that would accompany and supply the soundtrack for that movie. I have a friend, Christine Decker, who tells the story of her next-door neighbor who used to play the organ down at the movie theater. Yep. It, she lived in a small town, and she was still doing it for a living. Um, and then the story went to every. Every Halloween, she gave away salt and pepper and ketchup and relish, all the condiments from stores, but that had nothing to do with this. But <laughs> <laughs> it's part of the story. But she was such an eccentric, cool lady that whenever Christine would go there for lessons, if she did well, she'd give her a game and, and condiments from the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I don't know if that's an organ thing, but I guess not. You're well, I mean, the, the, the pipe organ had, had a, a, a relatively brief but brilliant career in movie theaters because yes. silent, silent movies were never silent. Yes, right. yes, It was always music, and if the music wasn't performed by a pianist or an orchestra sometimes, mm-hmm. it was performed by a, th- a theater organist. Who, yes. Who, and those instruments could more or less imitate an, an orchestra. Yeah, that's what she remembered yeah. going to. Yeah, and we had an orchestra pit underneath the theater, theater where I went to in East Orange, uh-huh. New Jersey. Were you going right. to say something? No, I, I think the main thing is people just need to have the opportunity to hear the instrument in the right space and hear the uh, the great repertoire played I think well on on wonderful organs like St. James Cathedral like the like the shrine will have and I think really you can just get bitten by that bug because once you hear it played well and hear an organ that 
Bach intended his music to be heard on and whatnot. It really can just sort of uh, attract you. Mm. And I encourage younger people to to give it a chance and to really um, uh, take any opportunity you have to to take lessons. I you know I I never thought that I would like to like to play the organ. I just learned because I got a scholarship when I was younger. I just wanted to learn to. Um, make a little bit of extra money while in while in school. I had no interest in making this a profession, and and then I just became obsessed and enthralled with what it can do. And so, um, you know, I, I dedicated my life to it. And mm. so, and it's been you know very fortunate to to be able to travel and and play you know all over the world. So, and, where and to are share some of the most interesting places each of you have traveled to play, and where you got to play an organ that was that made you really proud? Um. I've I've been blessed with the opportunity to play at the National Shrine in Washington D.C. Mm. and National Cathedral also in Washington. Mm-hmm. Those are those are two beautiful, wonderful, thrilling instruments. Adam has played all over the world. Yeah, yeah I I think actually Germany is one of the best places to go. Mm-hmm. I, I um, France I've performed and, and studied in France. Uh, Finland I just got back from, which is very interesting. The organ is taking off huge in uh, China and mm. Asia. Why is that right now? Um. Just, uh, I don't know, but the Korea, um, Taiwan, there's just a huge, huge interest there. Huge interest. That's great. Yeah. And so um, the culture there is amazing. So I, was in, I played at the Cultural Center in Hong Kong, I think about two years ago, and the interest is uh, unbelievable. Wow. Really amazing. Might be more work for the young artists coming up now. Yeah. You know, and that's part of the challenge of the organ Uh with the exception of hearing something like on social media uh, or YouTube, um, we depend on the audience coming to the instrument to experience it. Um, they can't take, they can't pack the right. organ up right. and, you know. Right, you can't have a house it. party and say, exactly. bring your organ. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, so that's our challenge is to just hopefully have people come out and experience it. What about people that don't go to church and they want to hear organ? Oh. Go to church. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, <laughs> then, beside that or... But there are concert halls that have organs. That's true. Um, have we ever had any concerts come to town that you've gone to, let's say, Dr. Phillips Center or... There's no organ that... Yeah, Dr. There's Phillips no organ. Center. You'd have well, to... I didn't know if they brought one yeah. in. They'd have to put one in, yeah. That'd be lovely if they did that. Mm. Yeah. But... One of the things that we do through the uh, through the AGO mm-hmm. is we do a, an entire concert series, um, and although most of them take places in church, they're they're not a they're not a, a religious service. Mm. It's an opportunity for someone to come in and listen to a concert completely free. So tell us how people can find out that information. What website? Um, our website is uh, CFAGO, which is Central Florida American Guild of Organists. Um, dot org. Dot org. And, and our concert series is on there. We do a variety of uh, concerts. We do concerts where there's like a spooktacular where people can come in and they hear, quote, eerie, spooky uh, music. Uh, we have a hymn sing where the congregation gets to sing mm. with, with the organ playing. Um, we do international artists come in. Oh. Uh, so, I mean... All that the entire program is is on our website. Okay, and one more time, the website is is www.cfago.org. Fantastic, and that'll be on our website as well, everyone. If you go there, um, oh my goodness, were you? Did you have an answer for that one about 
how do I love it when I have it ask do you have a question about that? And then and you I forget the talk. question. Yeah, and I forget the question. <laughs> no, right. actually, the only thing I wanted to mention is with this new organ going in at the shrine, Mary Queen of the Universe Shrine, um, there might be somebody out there who would like to honor um, maybe a parent or a relative or themselves, whoever, and have their uh, loved one's name sealed inside the pipe organ, and that opportunity is there uh, for a gift of any amount. Wow, for how long will that opportunity be available? Uh, probably until the organ is completed in October. All right, so now until October. And can you tell our listeners where they can contact you if they're interested? They can certainly call the shrine. The number is 407-239-6600, or our website is uh, maryqueenoftheuniverse.org. Fantastic. That's really great to know, though. Mm -hmm. It would be a nice way to put a loved one's name there. Absolutely. Every time that note is played. Yeah, you can say that's Uncle Jack right there. (laughs) Excuse me. That's very funny. Okay, Uh, on that note... (laughs) Last but not least, this is our final segment. If any parent out there is thinking, how can I entice my child to want to move from piano to organ, <laughs> what might they be able to say to their child in terms of what it could mean for them? Or I, I think where would they steer them? I mean, with kids, they usually spark the interest first. It's, it's often not the parents that say, you know. Ah, they go hear it. They, they are exposed to it. And, and honestly... With my kids, I didn't ask them to do a particular instrument. I, you know, encouraged them when we had music in the house all the time. Mm -hmm. And when it came time to learn something, you know, they would gravitate to one or the other. Mm. Because with every person, I mean, when I was younger, it was the trumpet. Everything was the trumpet, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But for some kid, it might be the clarinet or or piano or whatever. Mm -hmm. I I do recommend to parents that they study, that, that their children study piano first because it gives you a good, good, of keys background and keys and you can see everything right sure, in front of you. Sure. and typically what you will find is the the pianist who maneuver over two organs don't quit the piano right they, they maintain that they just add the organ to it right um, yep. in fact that's one of the things that our chapter does is raises money for scholarships for people to study the organ mm, that's lovely that's really nice so they come in after knowing piano and now let's take that another step. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, take them to concerts. Take your children to concerts. Mm-hmm. Uh, symphony orchestra concerts. It's wonderful. Get up close. I mean, some orchestras have things where it's like an instrument petting zoo mm. where you get yes. to be up close and personal. If you have a pipe organ in your church, take them up to meet the organist. See what that beast looks like from up close. Oh, I bet. They may catch the bug that way. I bet that is something when a young child comes up and asks you about the organ. I bet you enjoy oh, that, I right? Oh, s- I sit them right on the bench, uh, you know, Let and I, I play for them. Oh. And uh, I, I asked them, you know, I'll, I'll have them, you know, set the chimes off and that sort of thing. And they're thrilled because you're in front of this massive, powerful, uh, attractive console. Mm-hmm. And, and for them to actually make sounds on it. Occasionally we get a young pianist that'll come in, you know, eight, eight, nine years old that knows a little piano. And I'll sit them right down. And, and then they play that they, and all of a sudden it's a whole different. They just light up. Yeah. And, and I think, oh, my gosh, I mean, this person might be taking my job someday. And that's really cool. Oh, that's wonderful. Unfortunately, we've come to the end of the show. It's gone by rather quickly. I want to thank all three of you for being here and talking about something that I've learned a lot about today. Now I feel like I want to go out and hear organ playing. <laughs> well, now you know Good. three places you can go from <laughs> Yes, yes. <laughs> and probably not even a skating rink anymore. Oh, well. <laughs> thank you so much for each of you being here today. Adam Brakel, Dr. Bill Pitcher, and Tim Haynes. This has been a wonderful show. Thank you. I'm sorry Joshua wasn't here, but he will be back next week. Listeners of... Um, Please go out and experience some 
art this week. You can find out anything going on, whether it's a museum, a concert, some theater, or even an organ at a church on Sunday. Why not? Thank you. Once again, I'm Mary Thompson Hunt. Joshua Vickery will be here next week, and we'll be seeing you from the heart. Thank you.